This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. And for Jason Klein this morning, I'm Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. It's an open topic show, so we're looking for your questions to get your projects completed around the house. We'll talk about quick fixes, big projects, even major renovations. As always, we've got some home improvement tips to share, but we want to hear from you this morning. Join our conversation and tell us what's on your 2022 to-do list by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464, or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And here's a reminder, Fixit 101 re-airs every Saturday morning at 9, right before the repeat of the Gestalt Gardener. That's at 10 on Saturday mornings. So good morning. Hope that you're both doing well this morning. Yeah, I'm awesome. I was. We were laughing about the 22 <clears throat> list, but if you haven't finished the 21, <laughs> <laughs> just add to it. <laughs> just just add to it. So this weekend, I finished a 21 list project that I've been trying to work on since October. <laughs> well, I, I figured out something too. I figured out it's easier to gain weight than lose weight. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. It's no fun. No. No. No, uh-oh. Are you on that January diet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, good luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I have vowed to eat at least one piece of fruit every day as my New Year's healthy hey, resolution. Th- listen, so. you know, I, I I did that yesterday for lunch. and uh, You had a piece of fruit for lunch? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it, it, was, it, was, it was quite pleasant. Awesome. Know? Well, I eat blueberries every day. I think that's why I stay so healthy. <laughs> and if you go to the Big Kroger, there's a huge variety of apples. I, I found a new kind of oh, apple to yeah. try, so uh, that's always a lot of fun. They're a little expensive, but it's, this one is really good. It's a, a yellow apple, but it's kind of a tart to it and nice and crispy, so I've been enjoying that. You know, the other thing is when I feel in for Jason, I try to come up with you know a project that I've done or whatever, and last night I finally just settled on it. I'm not a DIY, I'm not a do-it-yourselfer, but I think I'm an important asset to people who are. <laughs> First of all, if you're not a do-it-yourselfer, you need to know somebody that is so that when you have a project, you invite them over to help about. That's right. Buy a pack of beer and bring them on over. <laughs> but I'm very good at hold this, stand there, yeah. Yeah. and that sort of thing. So I have a basic understanding of tools. Yeah. And so under... Good supervision. I can do what I hope is helpful to the person who knows what they're doing. Well, one of the things I'm trying to do with our YouTube channel is to show people like you, Kevin, how you can do things, how to use specific tools. Mm-hmm. Like I use my pipe wrench to open my kombucha. <laughs> I mean, there's just there's all kinds of things you can do with. Now, I would never use a hammer to open my kombucha. <laughs> But a pipe wrench worked really well. Got it. Got got it. Screwed that top right off. <laughs> and I do think it is about confidence. And so you know, like I say, I, I can do some basic things. But when I sort of get out of my comfort zone, my confidence wanes. And then uh, if you have some setbacks, it's easy to get discouraged. But like I said, if you have someone there that knows what they're doing, I do think that I'm a valuable asset for for helping out. So uh, that, well, that, and keep in mind, failure is a great teacher. That's, that's right. It, I'm it, telling yes, you. Yes. That's what I was because, doing. Hey, I had a big screw up. Listen, so. I had. That's how I learned. None of us knew how to do it Mm-mm. until we did it. Until we did it so, wrong. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Did it wrong the first I'll, time. Look, I'll never forget my very first remodel. 
you know, 25 plus years ago, we would buy um, depressed properties and we would go in and rehab them and, and sell them. It was a, it was a good way to make some some money. And um, I'll never forget <laughs> the first week. No, no, the first couple of months, I had a bandaid on every, every fing- finger, every <laughs> finger. You know, because I'm I wasn't used to doing that. Yeah, you know. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Well, I tore out. I think I've shared on the show before, and you've seen this deck. Uh, Jeff, when it was built, it was built like three inches off the ground. Yep. I'm going to share some information with our listeners. That's a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's a really bad idea because there was no drainage. That's right. So the water ponded underneath there and the mosquitoes were just, I mean, they were having a party uh, down there. So I ripped that thing out. It took me about, took me through the holidays, Java. That's what I did. I, I got my little... Anyway, it, it was a whole ordeal. Well, I pulled it out. Listen to this. I got it all out on Saturday. What did it do on Sunday? Mm-hmm. It rained and it rained <laughs> yes. and it rained. Well, I knew the guys were coming to pour the concrete. So what I did, <laughs> I got a tarp and I put it over that area that was compressed. And I dug a little bit of hole, a little hole and created a sump and put a little fish pond pump down in the bottom of that thing and i mean we must have been raining we must have gotten four inches that was actually a good idea to do that yes and so So. when they came to look at it on monday they were like you're the dry spot in town we'll be here tomorrow (laughs) right yeah so i got it poured it's all done it's an open topic day on fix it 101 so we're looking for your questions and actually we do have a caller on the line so we'll start things off by going to strayhorn and lisa is on the line good morning lisa go ahead good morning Got a question. Go ahead. Um, I'm building a, a little platform, and like a miniature closet for a freezer for outside. It's next to the existing porch that does have a corrugated roof on it. What we, it's going to be at an angle. I know the roof's going to be an angle. What would be the best way to tie that into the existing roof? It's a, yeah. If it's, it's metal. Your existing roof is metal. Yep. At a slight angle. And you're just, okay, like a shed roof is what I'm picturing in my mind. Yep, and it's close to the mobile home. I want to stay below the roof if we can. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and get into, can you get into the side of the building? And stay. I'm building it right now. And stay below the roof line? Oh, yeah, because like I'm building a platform. It's just going to be like a miniature closet yeah, for, for, okay. for a freezer well, yeah, right next just, to the just, just stay below the roof line. Let's don't tie in to the, to the, okay. to the roof line if we can keep from it. Um, gotcha. So when you tie on to the side right there, you will, you know, if it's siding or whatever, you'll have to do some flashing. But uh, oh, th- It's not going to touch the mobile home. It's gonna, it'll be right next to the mobile home on that side of it, on the one side, but the side that it's just like it's actually attached to the porch itself on the you know on the edge. Right. So how far underneath the existing metal should I go? I would put it right up underneath there if you could and flash right. it. Is right. what I'm thinking. That's going to give you more headroom if you if you put it up there. So and if okay. it's if you're not too worried about water runoff, you mm-hmm. might not have to flash it if it's up underneath there enough. But yeah. You could come in across with a. Um, do you want to? You don't want to attach it to the mobile home. Oh no no no! Have no have no. That ain't gonna happen. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was not going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, I just rebound where because uh, it's 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 like right at the edge. Of, you know, it's only on the edge of the porch. And it's going to be the same, just about the same height of the porch at the same angle. Right. You know, to make it easy. Yeah. And I'll probably just attach the runners. Uh, well, hmm. And I, I've got a, a metal brake, so I can bend a piece of metal if I have to to run it along the edge. That, you know, on the porch side. Yeah, without actually seeing that, it's it's a little difficult to kind of come you know, up the, with a solution. The worst thing about radio is we can't see it. I know, and I'm sitting here, I'm trying as hard as I can to visualize uh, this, and I'm just having a hard time. <laughs> Uh, Every project I do is after the fact, so I get like to go into something that's already there. So just kind of every project I get to uh, be learning exploring. If I can stay away from the roof, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay under the roof. That's yeah. just. That's that's the best advice I can give. Yeah, on something like that, just make sure wherever your water is going to run that it then moves away. So that was the mistake I made at my place: is that I had the water was going under the deck, and so that's what caused all the water problems. So anytime you're doing any type of project, folks, keep in mind where's the water going. <laughs> you don't want it going back towards the house. No. All right, uh, Lisa, we appreciate your call. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. Before our first break, you know, the first of the year is a lot of times when people review things and, and try to get the year started out on a good foot. So if you're looking around your house or property for some trouble spots uh, that you might need to anticipate taking care of in the coming year, uh, what uh, what are some of the things that you might be looking for? Pam, why don't we start with you? Okay, say that again. Just areas around the house that might be trouble spots and uh, if you're doing an inspection, looking around, what what are some of the things that you might want to keep an eye out for? Well, the big, like I just said, water runoff, you know, check out your drainage. That's going to be gutters. That uh, is huge. Yeah, it's huge. huge. It, it, and, uh, do not let water pool around your house. That, don't. That, that is causing damage. Um, and sometimes it can be a daunting task to mm-hmm. move that water, but it needs to move. Either do it yourself or hire someone. Um, uh, gutters are another thing. You know, we 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 went through fall, so all of our leaves are, are most of the leaves are off the trees. Well, a lot of them went in the gutter. Yeah, it's time so, to kind of clean all that right. stuff out. That's right. And it's it's a good time to kind of look for. And here in Mississippi now, up north, you can't do this because you've got ten feet of snow on the ground. But here, you know, what's our temperature during the days, 50s and 60s? Mm-hmm. So it's a great time to kind of look at your outside projects. That's why I tackled my deck right now is because it's not 100 degrees with 100% humidity. <laughs> you know, I don't think I broke a sweat. Uh, maybe Christmas Day when it was 85. But, you know, now is kind of a good time for those of us here in the South to look at our outside projects. So check out rotten wood. Mm-hmm. Look at your what is your trim around your doors, Jeff, and trim around your windows. You know, that kind of type thing. If you've got a broken window, it'd be a good time to kind of, you know, talk to the folks or talk to somebody about getting a, a replacement on that. Those are the things that I think about. Yeah, and, and you know, a lot of people want to, well, I, I won't say a lot of people. Some people out there want to defer maintenance. Mm-hmm. Well, all that does is cost more. Mm-hmm. It really does. It does, yeah. It's not going to get any less expensive than it what it is today. Today. 
So yep. yeah, I'm, I'm learning that the hard way. If you ignore something, no, it doesn't go away. It, just, <laughs> it does not go away. <laughs> it doesn't miraculously heal itself overnight. No. Unfortunately yeah. not. Uh, time for our first break of the hour today. We're looking to hear from you. What home improvement projects are you working on this time of year? Also, we'll talk about the importance of knowing where your cutoff valves are located in the house. So stay tuned. If you have a question, a comment, or just want to tell us what project you're working on, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. In for Jason Klein, I'm Kevin Farrell, here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor <coughs> Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Uh, before the break, we mentioned we had some fixes to burn off some of the holiday weight, uh, but we're going to be talking of uh, valves here in just a minute, uh, running around your house trying to figure out where they are. Uh, but first, we do have an email that says... I built a house a year and a half ago, and it's about three feet off the ground. The plans called for lattice panels, but we've now decided to brick the foundation between piers. The question is to vent or not to vent. The latest information I've read is to close it off completely. Mm -hmm. It would be very hard to totally seal everything. And should we lay down a moisture barrier? What's the best way to tie the brick to the piers? So many questions, but thanks. <laughs> uh, one so, at a time. Yeah. To vent or not to vent? What are what are our thoughts on that part? Well, um, it depends. I'm venting. Yeah, I mean, it really. I've. I mean, this has been the age old question for here in Mississippi. Up north, you're a little bit more specific because your climate is so different. But down here, it depends on where the house is. If you're kind of down in a hole where you it's it's um, you might have some moisture issues or something going on underneath there, do not seal that thing off because you don't know what's going on behind all that stuff. However, you could vent it unless you're at a, a facing with, with the weather where you're going to get air blowing underneath there. Now you're going to put humidity down there. So it's it's really it's it's kind of like people Jeff and I were just talking about that. We're all different. So one answer for everything, I I'm just not sure that you can do that. You've got to get somebody over there to take a look at it and then and let me go ahead and tell you what's going to happen. This is the funniest thing in this industry. Jeff, you can tell me if you I mean everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> Everyone does now. Now I'm I'm still I'm I'm, I'm venting. I'm going to vent. Okay, uh, I'm going to put down a moisture barrier. I want the air under that home um, circulating, turning over. I don't want I don't want to seal it up to where I have no air movement. Uh, insulate insulate well. Have it vented, and visqueen on the on the ground. Well, if you put look, what do you, when you say insulation, what type of insulation are you talking about? Uh, uh, on the floor, 
because uh, on on crawl space, you, there there if 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 there's no insulation, and I'm sure there is, the house is new. So, but but you you have to insulate that floor. Yeah, I know. But see what happens. What happens is if you put insulation on that floor because our dew point is so high, it's going to sag in the first six months. Foam it. Yeah. And so that's that's what I'm saying is that our climate here mm-hmm. is that we've got such a high dew point, which means the moisture content in the air is so high that there are some studies out there that if you vent a crawl space and then you put a fan on there because you want air movement, well, now you're just sucking 100% humidity underneath the house and it won't dry anything. So that's what I'm saying. It really depends on, and I tell people, I tell my clients, if you have a house that's sitting up and you've got Bat insulation underneath there. Hire somebody and tear every bit of it out because it is not doing anybody any good except for the raccoons that's sleeping in it. <laughs> and, do, and, and do foam. Yeah, you could yeah. come back and foam it. Or I don't have insulation on my floor underneath my house. It was built in 58. Right. But I sealed everything else up. And it, I'm just like, my energy bill's less than 100 bucks a month. Well, you know, there, there there's a reason that we don't do a lot of conventional foundations. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's because you've got to deal with that water. That's right. It's moisture underneath the house. But if you've got conventional, now I'll tell you why I like a conventional. And for our listeners that don't know, <laughs> conventional is when it's sitting up off the ground on piers. Mm-hmm. The reason I like my conventional foundation is I decided I wanted to move my laundry room to my guest bedroom. Yep. Yep. So I didn't have to bust anything up. They just had to run new pipes underneath the house. So my remodels were, and then I tore out a tub and put in a shower. Well, that was so easy because I wasn't dealing with concrete. Now, I have dealt with water issues underneath the house, and that's what I've spent most of my money on is drainage around, you know, and hopefully I'm gaining on it. I've only been there 28 years. <laughs> uh, the final part of the question was the best way to tie the brick to the piers. Oh, okay. Hmm. You better put a footing down there or they'll start you, shifting. You do, you do need a footing. Um, I'm picturing my piers are probably, let's say they're a foot square maybe, hopefully. Uh, I'm going to stick my my brick in the middle on a foot on a footing on a footing. Yeah, yeah, and you can. I guess you build straight on the footing, wouldn't you? Because there's sure. not going to be any tiebacks or any Mm-mm. anything like that. Yeah. No. And there, the, you know, the the reason we use brick ties is so the brick doesn't fall off the house when the house catches on fire. Yeah. Now there's some. That's that's my opinion of a brick tie. So. Um, I had my uh, moisture barrier replaced uh, last year or the year before in July, and I felt so sorry because one guy came out, and I thought he was supposed to have a helper that showed up maybe for about a half an hour and left. But this was the middle of July, and that guy was under my house doing that, and it's plus the, all of the junk that was under there because I've had several attempts at, at helping uh, support you know the house with the, the clay and everything. So there were bricks and just all sorts of things. But, man, I, I several times I'm like, do you need some water or something there? <laughs> but he, he did the job. But, man, I, I'm sure he was muttering under his breath the whole time. It, where is that other guy? It, it was actually probably cooler. 
Yeah, well, that's yeah, true. Probably yeah, but probably there. what what we'll do is we'll put on these monkey suits so there's nothing showing on me at all. So I've got on a respirator and I've got on my suit, and I'll get down there in July and August. And when I come out, I am wringing wet because it's so moist down there. Now it is definitely cooler, and I've been known to just kind of roll over on my back and just lay there for a minute, <laughs> take a break. <laughs> And try to get out of there before I get too claustrophobic. (laughs) It's an open topic day on Fix It 101. So if you have a question for our experts, you can give us a call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Phone lines are open, so if you have a question, go ahead and give us a call. So we mentioned... um, uh, shutoff valves, um, and is the gas valve the main one that we talk about when we're talking about those sorts of things? Normally, we talk about water, right? Okay, but you want to know where your gas shutoff is. Sure. Yeah, yeah. In case of an emergency, you definitely want to know where that is. But and it's that that's going to be at the meter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to there. There'll be a pipe coming out of the ground, um, and you'll see when it is on. The where you cut it off will be in line with the pipe. To cut it off, you would simply turn that uh, clockwise to the perpendicular. Uh, yeah, uh, and it will it will be horizontal to that vertical pipe. Um, and you just use a pipe wrench for something like that. You could use that. You could use a crescent wrench. Can you uh, use the T-bar? I was wondering on you, a well, water heater. I mean, you a water could. Shut it off. would be a little awkward. Awkward, but you could use it. Yeah, uh, a pair of pliers, a crescent wrench would work real nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your water cut off on new construction. We we we're we're going to put that in the closest room to the water meter. So where it comes in the house, I'll see where, it in hall closets. That's right. Yeah. And um, so, of course, you need to know where your water meter is. You need to know where your gas meter is. Um, and, and you need to have a water key uh, if you do not have a cutoff inside your, your home. Yeah, we actually, in home inspections, we're supposed to tell people where those are. Really? Okay. Yes. Good, and good, so good, good. we will let them know if it's um, out in the yard, if they've got a mana block, it, where they can turn their waters yep. off there. Um, but I'm also doing some uh, videos that will show folks how to find your water meter, how to turn your water off, how to find your gas meter shut off, how to turn it off. Um, so check out our Inspect It Like a Girl it, YouTube channel. Now, something else you can do, too, if you simply cannot find your water meter, call your water company. They right. know where they know where that meter mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times, like, in new construction, they'll sod right over it. <laughs> <laughs> and, or in, in a house that's existing there, they've got a flower bed, and they've mulched it and mulched it and mulched <laughs> it. And they're like, I think it's over there, but I'm just not. Another thing that you need to find out where it is that I think is important is know where your cleanouts are on your sewer system. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of times it'll be on, in new construction, do they put them in the wall, Jeff, or is it mostly no, outside? No, it's, it's, generally, <clears throat> it's generally outside. In close, the landscape. Yeah, yeah, close to the home. Yeah, and you want to know where that is and always check the cap 
on that and make sure it's not damaged. Yeah. Because that'll happen. Your landscapers will come our lawn <clears> service <throat> and they'll clip the top off of that. And we've had we've had conversations about what'll go down in there. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> Snakes and lizards. And, and, yeah, little critters will get, get down in your sewer system, and they may pop their heads up inside them. <laughs> I think my water cutoff is really in the front yard. And actually, uh, one time a worker left that the little... The bar? The, yeah, so yeah. I have that. But the other thing that's weird about mine is it, there's a, a false one. In other words, I guess it somehow got replaced where the new shutoff valve, they didn't take off the old one. So a lot of times... You're down there, and it's like you can't get it to move. You can't get it to move, and then you look a little closer. You were like, "Well, that's not the right one anymore." So right, and you know that's a good point. I tell my clients, and I recommend practice turning your water off. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not going to hurt a thing. And nothing. And when you go on vacation, turn the water off. Yeah. you don't mm-hmm. need it when you're on vacation. That's right. So if you practice and you kind of know, because if you need to know something when you need to know it and you don't know it, now you got a problem. Well, it's kind of like looking for the fire extinguisher while the while the fire's going on. Right, when the <laughs> bacon's the wrong on time fire. To look for it. Yeah, you need to kind of know where that is. Uh, we have got two calls online, but we do need to take another break first. So we'll take that break, and when we return, we'll share some tips to help you get organized in this new year. If you have a question or a comment, call us and at, at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 You can always email the show as well. Send it to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. And for Jason Klein today, I'm Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Got some calls on the line, so let's begin again with John from Moss Point. You're on there with us, John. Go ahead. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, I was just want to make a comment on the uh, previous discussion about uh, foam insulation in a crawl space. And I've got a very old house. It's it's my house is about 150 years old, and uh, got about a, you know 2,000 feet of crawl space. And I was going to foam it um, because you know just to just to make things a little bit warmer. But at the recommendation of my um, uh, termite control specialist, he said, you know, once you foam that in, you'll never be able to tell if you've you've got termites and it that made sense because he was out there treating termites that i'd had and uh, if i had phoned it in he, he wouldn't have been able to see it uh see the damage and i've heard that um from several other friends of mine that have uh older homes with crawl spaces i i just wanted to make that comment that it, while it sounds like a great idea but there may be some downside to it as well for older homes yeah, and and John, you 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 don't have insulation in your walls either, so not not if it's 150 years old. Yeah. So there's some newspaper well, I, in there. I, I found some in. <laughs> right. 
actually do have insulation in the walls. It was uh, previous owner uh, had actually torn off uh, the you know the exterior. Uh, okay. Clapboard. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So it's pretty tight. It's just you know the floor gets cold, but I think I I kind of agree that um, certainly batting is not the way to go. And, no, and uh, you know you you should have termite shields. Um, What's that thing that you talk about, Jeff, where you, whenever you're doing a house, you don't put in the full, like, 8 to 12 inches of foam. You just do a... I do. It's called flashing. We're going to flash the walls with... I wonder if that would work. With with one inch of foam. Yeah, just do the one inch. And then I put bat, Mm -hmm. Um, especially on on a lake application, because... Generally on a lake, you, 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 you have wind. There's nothing to stop the wind. So it's a great application if, if you're on a lake uh, application or if you're up on a hill where, where you're getting a lot of wind. Where you're getting a lot of wind. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering, because I've heard this about the termites, <clears throat> if you did that one-inch flash underneath that house, then you're not covering everything right. up. And termites, subterranean termites, what they do here in Mississippi is that they don't just fly into your wall (laughs) they exist subterranean so they have to have moisture to exist and they will build a tunnel a mud tunnel that will go up somewhere from the ground into the wall so if you're up on a conventional like that, and I've got the same issue on mine, I'm always, because I crawl down there and check it, I'm looking for the tunnels. And I'm not sure that the foam would disguise that. Well, that plus uh, you need termite shields yeah. on, on each on each pier. Well, and if that house is 150 years old, I bet it doesn't have them. Probably doesn't. Yeah. So hope that helps. Thanks, John. Good to hear from you this morning. Okay. Let's uh, <clears throat> stay on the phone lines. Rilani in Hattiesburg is up next. Hi, go ahead. You're on the air with us. Good morning to all. Morning. Good morning. Wondering if Pam, Pam, I, I, I just love, I love the show. Well, I love everybody on the show. Um, I, I was married to a man who could just anything DIY, and he taught me how to do things from the roof to the basement, and we've we we have renovated at least five houses in three different states one in new york one in florida and one here in mississippi well three here in mississippi when my husband died in 2020 late november and when i need something done men carpenters painters whatever they are they don't want to listen to what i No, I, I, I'm laughing because I agree. <laughs> okay, I wanted to get that out there. Uh, it, I don't know. I talk to people, and I ask a lot of questions, and they don't want to hear you. Period. And the other thing is, I have I live in in a historic home in a historic neighborhood, house a little over over a hundred years old. And we're the second family to live in the house, and we they took care of it, and I've taken care of it. But they had window air conditioners at one time, and there were five five different, I mean, there's like 40 windows around this house, but um, five half windows 
uh, they have just the bottom sash is just high. Right. Yeah, so the windy unit would fit into it. Yes. Now, is there anyone that will make just a full half window? No. No, that that's that's no, uh, here, here's the problem with that. Uh, first of all, we, we can't get windows anyway. So you're, you're missing the, the top sash. Uh, the most economic thing to do is order new, new windows for that opening. Okay. Uh, but but, but do, do not expect that anytime soon. Um, those windows are running... Uh, three, three to three to four months. It's getting a little better, but um, you you better figure on three months once once they're ordered. Uh, and they'll make them to fit because you know. In yes, ma'am. Old, yes, ma'am. Window is the same inch. Yeah, they they will make you a new window to fit that opening. Okay. All right. Uh, is that the entire window we're talking about? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, because if you start piece piecing part in it, I mean, you're going to have well, to get. Well, no, it's it. not. It's not. It's it's no. It's, it's just not it, worth it. It's <laughs> not going to work. Who? First of all, who 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 made the window that's in your house now? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> so. Oh, yes, I understand that. Thank you, guys. Yes, ma'am. All right, uh, thanks for the call. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. Uh, Jason gave me some emails to share here, and this one caught my eye because it's a problem that I deal with in my house, and it's what's the best way to manage doors that adjust with the shifting of our Yazoo clay in Jackson? Our front door, which is wood glass, sometimes closes, sometimes doesn't, sometimes locks, sometimes doesn't. doesn't. (laughs) My front door I've abandoned. I don't use it all because it, it has never been stable enough to open. I mean, I've, I've right. replaced the door and, and that sort of thing, but that, that clay in my house is killer. The fact was, I recently got my bathroom renovated and, you know, fresh paint and everything, and within a month, there was a crack in the wall. And so, yeah. that clay is is awful. Going back to drainage. <laughs> yeah, you got to get the water away from the house. That's right. That's right. And, um, you know, front doors typically would Wood moves, and then if you have a little bit of moving in your house, it can, it can be a headache. Yeah, I'm I'm always dealing with mine. You know, I'm right. just, and finally, one of the things I did is I got into the trim piece and I widened and made bigger the latch. You know that that's a good point, and that's a good um, um, do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, get you a little marker. Put it on. Put a put a dot on your um, deadbolt. Shut your door. Turn the deadbolt and let that marker where you made that mark hit the door jam, and you'll see exactly where you need to mm-hmm. to chisel it out. Chisel it out a little bit. But that that's a good Saturday. Do it yourself. Go slow with it. And, and but yes, most. Most homeowners could do that. And you can buy these oversized strike plates now. Yep. And so that oversized, what it'll do is it gives you more of a hole there in the middle so that when the house is shifting, and I, I've done that on mine and then readjusted the weather stripping and mm-hmm. whatever. So okay. Let's uh, see if we can get a couple calls in before our next break. We'll start again with Carol, who's in calling from Fulton. Good morning, Carol. You're on the air with us. I have a beautiful, wonderful concreted basement. 
I don't know for sure if it's like 40 by maybe, let's say, 35. And they only put one, um, well, a couple of two-by-fours, almost, they're not right together. They're about six inches apart under the big joist, their thing that goes down the middle of the floor up above. And, and there's nothing else. And I'm thinking, and my kids think, this thing's going to fall in if we don't get another. And I thought of a jack, a big metal jack, or what's the best way to jack up from that basement floor up to the floor above that's quite, quite heavy. So you, could, so you could put another two-by-four or, or two-by member under the LVL or whatever's holding your, your floor joists. Am I understanding correctly? Yes. Uh-huh. But I'm afraid the floor has already been put down. If I put a two-by-four in there, another one. Um, and these are kind of crooked. They, they look like, oh, man, one could slip They're out. Boeing? Are they Boeing? Is uh, it well, Boeing under did. pressure? Yeah, because yeah, water came in one time. Yeah. I, I would, uh, yeah, you can buy a big enough bottle jack um, and get like a four-by-four. Put that under the LVL. Now, th- this is not a, th- I don't think this is a do-it-yourselfer, okay? I watched it on YouTube. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of walk you through it. But yeah, because it's can, a... Yeah, you can get a big enough bottle jack. Which um, is heavy. Yeah, yeah, and, and expensive. <laughs> it's very um, heavy. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm calling a foundation company. Let them come look at it and, and give you some recommendations. I think we're getting out of the do-it-yourself. Do-it-yourself, because if you put uh, that jack in the wrong place, or if it yeah, fails, yeah, or just too need, much liability yeah, yeah, there. You, you need to know what you're doing on this. Yeah, yeah, but they can do that. I mean, they can. They, I've seen them do oh, that. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course we can. Yeah. So. Well, you wouldn't leave a bottle jack. I mean, they, you said they're expensive. Where do you get those? Like. Oh, gosh, I, I would rent one if I was going to do it myself. I'd go to any rental store and get and rent a, a very heavy-duty, um, you know, bottle jack. And then would they glue it in at the top and also... No, it, no, 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 no. This is this is not something you're going to, you're going to leave there. in there. I mean a four-by-four. Four. No, that's just to get you from the top of the bottle jack to the bottom of the LVL. Uh-huh. Or, or whatever that beam is across there. Right. Yeah. So they'll jack that up, get it even, and Take then the stabilize it. Take the pressure off of it and yeah. so you can get get another piece of wood in there. Remember, y'all had to do that on the renovation on my house That's 10 right. years ago. They yep. they had to uh, brace up the, my roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we've taken a wall out. So, yeah, but folks do that all the time, but I'm not sure that that's a project it's, you no, want to take not. on yourself. Uh-huh. I'd hire somebody. No, please. Yeah. Uh, where these bottle jacks? Uh, where do you get them? Any any rental any rental company would have one. Okay. Yeah, you can even call these big box stores. They may have them. They've got a rental department that that you can talk to. But if it's a foundation company, they've got them. That's right. Uh huh. But you wouldn't put one and leave it. No. Oh no, ma'am. No, no. that's not what it. Those that's a temporary thing. Now you may be thinking about what we see all the time are these these uh, screw jacks. Uh, screw jacks. That's that right. That folks will put under there, but those are not FHA approved. So that you'll get dinged on appraisals and resale and all that stuff if you put something like that under the house. No, let's let's get the pressure off of it and let's get the framing under that beam that needs to be there. 
That's that's why I'm saying you need to hire someone that really knows what they're doing. Because, yeah. you know, something else they're going to have to think about, Jeff, is you're going to have to put some type of a footing there. If it's just exactly. going down onto a concrete yeah. floor. Well, it's probably on the exterior wall, so there should be a footing. Yeah. All right, Carol, we appreciate your call. Let's uh, take our final break of the hour. we got a caller on hold. We'll get to that call when we get back from this break. It is the last break for this hour. Still time, though, for you to call in with questions, comments, or tell us what project you're working on. The number's 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Back to wrap things up after this. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. In for Jason Klein today, I'm Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. We've got some calls to get to, so let's begin again. Sue has called in from Beaumont. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. I'd like to ask a question about uh, the comment was made that we, if you leave the house for like on vacation to turn your hot water off, I mean, turn your water off, period. And I've got an old house with a, a gas hot water heater, and I'm wondering... Does the hot water eventually evaporate enough that the, I mean, your hot water heater has to pull some source to refill itself, so can it damage your hot water heater? No. No. Mm-mm. No. Because that's still going to heat the water that's in the tank. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got at least 40 gallons of water. Um, no, ma'am, it's it's not going to hurt a thing. Turn turn the turn the water off. Yeah, and that will prevent. Let's say you go out of town and that water heater has a leak in hey, it. Hey, I can I can I can tell you. Uh, you know, I've been in the insurance business for over twenty five years. I have a client in Jackson that that went to I don't know where they went. It doesn't matter. They were gone a couple weeks. I get a phone call. We just renovated this house. I get a phone call from a neighbor. Water is literally coming out of the front door. Right, <laughs> row. We, we, we had a toilet upstairs that malfunctioned, without going into great detail, malfunctioned, ran for two weeks. When the homeowners got home, the second-story floor, if you will, sheetrock on your first floor, was on the bottom of the first floor if that makes sense. The entire house was was water damaged to the point water was running out of the front door. Wow. So Yeah, but it won't damage. I've had that question before from some right. other clients, but if it's electric, it's it's just not going to bother it because no. you've got still have water in the tank. Now, if you drain the water out of the tank, and left the hot water heater on. Now you got a problem. <laughs> well, I have a gas water heater. Does that make any difference? No, no ma'am. Mm-mm. Nope. nope. Well, thank y'all. Appreciate Carry it. Carry on. Turn it off. Turn it off. All right, Sue, thanks for the call. Let's move next to David calling in from Olive Branch. Good morning, David. Go ahead, please. Hey, yeah, just uh, while you're on the water tank issue, uh, nowadays I believe most water tanks have a vacation setting on the igniter or whatever that uh, – electrical device is the yeah i think you're right david i i, I, I believe you're right I, I use all tankless but but yeah i think i think you're right and also uh you know the house we've got has got pecs and there's a water shut off valve in the master closet okay the house and then one last comment regarding shutting off gas uh fema and uh disaster response uh Coaching, I think the certified 
emergency response training or community emergency response training advises using a type of tool that does not uh, make a spark for shutting off your main gas valve, especially in disasters where you may have gas leaks. Aluminum. So bring that? Yeah, yeah. Alu- aluminum, aluminum pipe wrench. That's all. Thanks. You guys got a good show going. Thanks. All right. Thanks, David, for the tips. Let's uh, wrap things up. Arthur's calling in from Jackson. Good morning, Arthur. Go ahead. Uh, hi, guys. I enjoy uh, y'all's show. Listen to it every Wednesday when I can. Uh, I have a national company that uh, has come in to uh, replace our shower, and uh, my house is on a slab, and they jackhammered a big hole in the slab to uh, be able to put the drain in, and after they did that, they found out they could do that, so we're going back to what we originally had, and they just want to put a piece of plywood over the slab and cover the hole. Is there something better I can do? to fill that hole in? Um, I'm lost, but I don't want plywood. It, it, they busted out concrete. I want concrete. Yeah, I'd want some concrete back down in there. Uh, would a quick crete work just to fill well, it yeah, up? Yeah, I mean or? that's still that's still concrete. It's it's uh, it's it's cement and an ag- aggregate and a bonding agent and water. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's how you make concrete. Because what will happen, what you don't realize, I'm going to go back. I know I've been on this horse the whole show, but our dew point is so high and our ground moisture is so high that if you leave a cavity in that slab, you've just given that water an area where it can infiltrate. Yeah, and see, I'm still confused why why they can't move the drain. Um, we we Arthur, we, we do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they the water lines run diagonally across where they where they jackhammered the hole and they did not want to go in and cut all those lines because they didn't know where they went yeah you can run your water lines through your egg yeah the water the water line is easy it's getting rid of the water that's the issue yeah it's the sewer Um, that's that's the again you know the hardest part of radio is we can't see you it. You can't see it. And, you know, something else that they do that a lot of folks don't realize, Jeff, is that you've got to put a – like under your tubs and slabs, you have – what do they call that? The um, P-trap. That, that drain cavity, and they have to put a patch in there. Well, it's a P-trap. Yeah, um, that's under the tub. That's right. Right. And so – that if you've cut a hole down in your slab, not only do you need to fill it with some concrete, you need to patch it. Well, yeah, it needs to be filled with with tar because it's conducive to termites. Right. Um, yeah, you've just so weakened I, I that don't area. Know. I don't know, Arthur. I, I I think I'm getting somebody else to look at this. Okay. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's the best advice I can give you without seeing it. Uh, okay. And I'm sorry. That's that's fine. Who would I get to look? A foundation expert or I would I would call a reputable remodeling company uh, to let them come out come out and look at it. Okay. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Yes, sir. All right, Arthur. Thanks for the call. Got less than a minute. I think we can give maybe a quick answer to this email. Uh, guy has a TV stand, sturdy but dated. Wanted to apply paint and glaze finish, but concerned about years of buildup from furniture polish. What's the best way to prepare a surface like that for painting? Little elbow grease. <laughs> Put some sand and sealer on it. I'm telling you, yeah. It just yeah. Sand, it, it, sand, sand it. Paper. Sand that baby down. And something that I do whenever I come across a paint question is that I'll go to 
Farrell and Calhoun or, I'll, you mm-hmm. know, one of these paint stores where that is they specialize in that. And I would take a photograph of that in there and say, listen, That's what's the best idea. thing? Because there's also, what's that stuff called that you wipe on to a glazed finish that makes it rough? Mm-hmm. Sa- sand and sealer. And sand and sealer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might be able to do that without right. having to you know, get a sander and get, get it all off. Well, you still need to take some sandpaper with the sand and sealer, but, oh, okay. but yeah, that, 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 that's, that's the uh, route I would go. All righty, that's going to wrap us up for today. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Liz Gill. So for Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, and the absent Jason Klein, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's Jeremy Wilson, Jay White with Everyday Tech, followed by Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart at 11. We'll be back next Wednesday at 9 for another Fix It 101 right here on MPB Think Radio.